Thank you for listening to this sermon from Goodwill Church, located in New York's Hudson Valley. Goodwill Church is on a mission to be a hub of revival in the Northeast and beyond. For more information about our church, please visit goodwillchurch.org. Now, here's the sermon. My wife and I and our kids, um, we just love our animals. And a few years back, um, we went in search of our new pet. And um, for many years, we wanted a specific kind of dog and only because the first one we got that we thought was a German Shepherd was not a German Shepherd. Even though she was a great dog, so my wife wanted this dog to be her dog, right? And, and that's Ella. She's a three-and-a-half-year-old German Shepherd, and, and, and as much as my wife says that it's her dog, she would whisper, it's really your dog, Jose. She loves you, you know, and, and being a German Shepherd, she is, has a lot of energy and, and, and she's an aggressive chewer, right? And in other words, she's not a dog that you can just give a lot of fluffy little things to because she would rip off every appendage that it has. And, and if it has a squeaker, she has to kill that squeaker. So we have learned that we have to give her these hard, chewable toys. And the best ones, and again, I'm not advertising, but for her are Nyla bones, right? And, 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 and we have all different kinds of Nyla bones for her. And she will pick them up and gnaw on them. You know, and, and it's one of these things, right, that when there's light, you can see where she drops her nyla bones, right? Um, I mean, we walk past them, right? But as I get older and I have to find my way to the bathroom in the middle of the night, the dark makes it a little bit difficult in reference of navigating through all of these toys that hurt when you step on them. And I know, I mean, with my eyes closed, I can find the bathroom with no problem. But when it's dark, I can't see what's on the floor. Right? And, and then there are times in, in our room, right, where there is the smallest amount of light. But it's amazing how that little bit of light clears the way, right, in reference to where I have to get to. And, and all of a sudden, I find myself being led by the light. Even though I know where I'm going, even though I know where all the items are, the furniture, right, it's, it's really about navigating through our dog's chew toys, because when you step on them, they do hurt. In today's reading, this epistle, John's going to encourage us 
to walk in the light, but it's not even an encouragement. He says that if you are in Christ, you are then sons of the light, so you walk in light, right? And, 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 and that means certain things have to coincide with the relationship with the light. And, and let me just be clear, the light is Jesus, right? This, it's a metaphor, right? And, and here's one thing we need to remember, right? It's all of these letters, the Gospels, even everything that's in the Old Testament, we need to do our work to discover the context in which those words were spoken to. Because those words that were spoken many years ago, that message has to be the same message today. Just because we're 2,000 years removed doesn't mean that we have the option to change the message. It has to mean the same thing. Right? And I know sometimes people go, but pastor, where it's, it's today. It's 2023. What, what do you mean that message has to be the same? If the message changes just because our time changes, then we are changing God's word. Right? So when we study and we look at well, what was the context in which John wrote this epistle? Right, it's, we said last week he was in Ephesus. This is many years after, right, the destruction of the temple, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? Somewhere around 85 to 90 A.D., Right, so the temple has been destroyed for almost 15 years now. And, and, and there's a church in Ephesus, and in that church there are individuals who had originally said yes to Jesus, to the teaching of the apostles, and then little by little they started to come up with their own idea of what Christianity was, right? And, and at that specific time, they were called Gnostics, right? So, so these are people that were invested in knowledge. These were the first people that were enlightened. By their behavior and their supposed status, they would separate themselves from anybody who did not line up with their thinking and belief. They didn't believe that one would be in perpetual sin or in contact with sin. In other words, once they came to an understanding of receiving Jesus Christ and they believed that Jesus Christ was not equal to God but that he was created, they, they would then say, you know what, it's, if we have learned, then we can make a decision to live a holy life. Right? And early theologians would call that an easy grace. So it's in this context 
that John is speaking to the church. And, and I know what you're going to say. Well, if, it's, if that word can't change, so how did that word apply to us today? Are there any Gnostics here today? There might not be any Gnostics, but there are certain behaviors that we do sometimes exhibit. In other words, sometimes we can find ourselves apart from the fellowship that God has joined us to. Sometimes we might think of ourselves as different or better than, right? And, and I don't associate with those kinds of people, right? This is really in reference of allowing the Holy Spirit to search your hearts and really, what John is trying to convey to us is that if you are in Christ and Christ is in you, then the light is in you. And if the light is in you, then you are walking in the light. Now, when people look at you, do they see you as somebody walking in the light? Do you reflect the very relationship that you have with Jesus. Now that's the context in reference to what we are diving into. Right? So it's important to remember the first four verses we heard last week. In other words, don't separate those. Right? But as we continue to move through this letter, John would say, this is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, right? It is a message, it is a clear message. It is a message that we would call the gospel, the very thing that brings life where there's death. Right, and, and one would say, well, what message is that, right? And that's what the Gnostics were doing. They were changing and adding or subtracting from the message that Jesus brought. Because here's the thing, there are many different messages out there. And some of these messages require our input or our opinions. But when it comes to God's message, we are not to add or subtract from it. It is a clear message. It is a message that, as we heard last week, that was written, it was proclaimed, and it's a message that the apostles received. And he starts off by saying, God is light. Now here's the thing, right? There is no other writer that tells us more about the character of God than John. You know, you'll read through the entire um, Bible and sometimes you'll pick up certain pieces, but John tells us, right? Things like God is light. He tells us that God is spirit. 
And because God is spirit, we who are in Christ are supposed to worship him in spirit and truth. We're looking at that second one, God is light. And scripture would tell us to walk in the light as he is in the light. In a few weeks, we'll look at 1 John 4, 8, and we will learn that God is love and that we are called to love one another. So when somebody asks you, in reference to God the Father, who is he? You can look to John and you can answer by saying he is spirit, he is light, he is love. And that's in reference to the Father. But then those things are also in reference to Jesus. And this is the message we have heard from him, Jesus, and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. In other words, John has this unique way of contrasting a positive and a negative, right? In other words, if God is light, and everything of his essence is light, then there is no darkness, right? Because sometimes when we look at Eastern um, meditation and worship stuff, right, they'll say, well, in order to have the wholeness of God, there has to be some light and dark. There has to be a little yin and yang, right? There has to be a little up and down, right? But when we're talking about God, the God of the Bible, there is none of that. He's light. Yesterday I was called to this horrific um, event, right? It's somebody took their life. And, and they called me to um, talk to the mom but then to deliver that message to six kids, nine to four months. As, I, as I'm talking with the mom, you know, eventually it's, so did he believe in God? No, 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 but he was spiritual. Well, what does that mean? Right, and well, you know what, it's, he would go and get readings done, he would do tarot cards, he would, oh, do you mind if I pray for you? And I'm gonna pray in the name of Jesus, right? And, 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 and all of a sudden, it's, I don't know them. I've been invited into their lives during this horrific event but all of a sudden, you can see, right? We don't battle flesh and blood, but it's principalities, spirits, and, you know, and, and that act is such a brutal act, 
right in. And the only thing I can do is represent and bring light into this dark situation. Because none of them know Christ. None of them. So as we have this clear picture that John is giving us, and it's the same picture he gave to the church at Ephesus, he goes on to say, based on Scripture, right, because Scripture is the best interpreter of Scripture, right? So here are a few ones. So in the Gospel of John in chapter 8, verse 12, it says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Right? So Jesus, who is speaking in reference to himself, he is the light of the world. And if we follow him, if we give our lives to him, we will not walk in darkness because he, the light of the world, is the one who gives us new light so that we would be able to see what the light illuminates. He then says in John 12, verse 36, while you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of the light. Right, so... As we receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, all of a sudden something happens to us. It's not that I have to live a certain way. It's because I want to live a certain way because of what he provided for me. And then Paul would remind us in Ephesians 5.8, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. Right, so we are invited to participate, to walk in the light that he has provided for us. We ourselves are not capable of producing the light. The only reason why we have light is because Christ is in us. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice truth. Throughout these verses of John, there are three denials. And all of those denials point to the denials in reference to how the agnostics were in relationship with the people there at the church at Ephesus. But it also applies to us. Right. We don't have to be agnostics to walk in darkness. Right. Remember what I said last week, to have fellowship is to have koinia, right? is to have that common ground where we come together and we partake of the things we have.
Right? You could go out on the streets and, and ask the question, right? It's like, are you a Christian? Right? And many people would say yes. Right? But then if you were to ask them, well, have you committed your life to Jesus Christ? They would probably say, well, who's Christ? Right? And also you discover that most people who say they're Christians have no clue what it means to be a Christian. But John is talking about individuals that are in the church, not those that are out the church. In other words, how we relate to each other, right? So he says, if we say we have fellowship with each other, right? And, and for us to have fellowship, right, we are part of Goodwill Church, so we are connected to Montgomery, we're connected to New Paltz, we are connected to Beacon, but then we are also interconnected through all of the other bodies that preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. The way in which we worship might look a little bit different, but the thing that anchors us is the gospel. Right? In other words, if we say we have fellowship... But then we choose to walk in darkness. That means that I go out of my way not to turn on a light, not to, and I'm going to step on my dog's toys, and I'm going to be cursing her out. And then I'm going to look at my wife and go, you're the one that got this dog. If you didn't bring her into this house, none of this would be here. Right? Because that's what happens when we get mad. We find somebody to blame. Right. Scripture would say that we lie and do not practice truth. In other words, we allow ourselves to be deceived. We allow ourselves to be led astray. But if we walk in the light as he, Jesus, is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Right? So, if we walk in the light, if we walk with Christ, that action affirms fellowship with our brothers and sisters. Right? You see how it says, it doesn't say fellowship with God. It says fellowship with one another. Right? And... And the one another is the very one that we learned about last week, right? That when we have fellowship with each other, that's evidence of our relationship with God. But then there's a second part to this, right? And the blood of Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Present tense, it's doing it now. Right. So, if we walk, right, we're, we're walking with Christ, walking in the light. If we walk in the darkness, that word for walk is, is a pattern of life. How are you living? Are you showing yourself one way when you come to church 
and then the other six days of the week living like the world? And here's the thing that John wants to say, right? That, in other words, that when we become believers, right, our salvation in Christ, if we received him, is secured in Christ. But then we have to live in this world. And a lot of us, even though we will sin less because of Christ, John is very much aware that we sin. And that because we sin, we need an avenue in order for cleansing to happen. Because it's not a cleansing that only happens once, it's an ongoing cleansing, right? I'll, I'll, I'll give this for instance, and it's an example, right? So we've been worshiping together, started at 10 o'clock today, right? Can you tell me that every attention that you have given to our time together has been 100% towards the glory and worship of God. Some have been saying, man, I can't wait for the pastor to shut up. I got some place to be later, right? But this is the thing, right? If I haven't given 100% of my being to worship the creator, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, then in the midst of worship, I have fallen short, and I need to confess that. Say, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for allowing my phone to vibrate, and also I got distracted. Forgive me for thinking about what I'm going to cook later on, or forgive me for thinking I got to get to ShopRite or to Price Shop. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me that I'm thinking of the animals that I forgot to feed or take out this morning. Lord, forgive me that the person singing behind me is singing off tune. Whatever it is. Right? Whatever it is. And that's just one aspect. And that is what we need cleansing of every single moment that we acknowledge Christ as Lord and Savior. And it isn't so that he beats us up over the head. It's so that there can be ongoing relationship with him, open. Open relationship. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. Right? That's what the Gnostics were saying, that after they came into a relationship with God and they imposed their knowledge that now, you know what, it's, I'm sinless. John is not talking about living a life of perfection. Right, and... I heard a story, right, and it goes like this. There was a, a woman who was a, a devout believer, one who attended church always, right? And in other words, she was a fixture of the church. 
But, but sometimes people would say that she would over-spiritualize certain things, right? So one afternoon, she comes to the pastor and says, Pastor, I am such a great sinner. The pastor looks at her. He goes, well, I'm happy you said that because you are a sinner. Right? And all of a sudden, she got offended. Right? It is at that moment that you see how we view sin. Right? Either we're going to leverage it so we can puff ourselves up, right? or we're going to identify it because it has gotten in the way of my relationship with our Lord and Savior. Right? There's a story, a parable, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, Right, and I'm just going to paraphrase it. Right? There's a Pharisee, right? and then there's a tax collector. And the Pharisee stands up and says, Lord, I am grateful that I am not like one of these sinners. I have enough money to tithe. I have the ability to worship. But I am grateful that I'm not like that tax collector. And then the tax collector comes up and he feels the sin upon his life and he's unwilling not even to lift his eyes up. Right then, and the tax collector says, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus would say, right, that that man showed humility, not the Pharisee. Right? The, the one who confesses, that's why our time of confession when we are at the beginning of our, I, w- I would say, if I had to measure, well, what's more important? I would say that's more important. The opportunity to stand before God because we probably haven't thought about it all week. And we've been just doing and living our lives and all of a sudden we come before God it's like, we have to stop. Lord, forgive me. And, and, and it's not a prayer like the Pharisee, but it's just a sense of, Lord, it's forgive me for not worshiping the way I should have this morning. Forgive me for making all these other things so much important than you. And it's at that moment that God meets us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right? As we have this relationship with Christ, as we walk in the light, because he is in the light, we have this opportunity to confess our sins. And we confess our sins so that our relationships are not broken and we can have fellowship with our brothers and sisters. But he is faithful to do what he says he's going to do. He has promised it in his word. That's what we have in the Old Testament, right? Where he says, come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sin are like scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. 
Isaiah 1.18. And then in Jeremiah, he says, I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. Those are promises that are in God's word. That if we seek him and we confess, he will do what he says he's going to do. We don't have to question it. We don't have to go, will he do that? Man, it's like, I'm really a sinner. He will do what he says he's going to do. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. When you read this in the Greek, it, it, it really implies that we are the liars. Right? We are the ones who have been deceived. We are the ones who have been led astray. We are the ones who are lost in the dark. We are the ones who moved. I heard another story. Right? And, and this is of an older couple. They're in their late 70s, early 80s, and they're in this old Buick. You remember the Buicks that used to have the front bench seats? Right? It's a big boat. He's driving and she's on the other end. Right, and, and, they're going, and they're going on their anniversary to this lookout place right, where they first got together. Right? And as they're driving up, she sees all these people coming down on the opposite way, and it's boyfriend and girlfriend, and they're all sitting together hugging each other. And she says, Hun, I remember when we used to show affection that way. And we used to show our love to each other in that way. And, and I don't know what's happened. Right? And he was a man of very few words. Right? And as he's driving, he looks at her and says, well, I haven't moved. Right? Not to say that the fault's her or his, right? But it's to imply, right, that when we find ourselves far away from God, it's not that he moved. We move. Right? We move. And sometimes he's calling us back. He's calling us to confess. He's calling us to make things right. He's calling us to make amends, to offer forgiveness, right? To, to make a decision, right? to repent, which means to turn 180 degrees and walk in the other direction. To make a decision that you are going to make every effort to live a different way than the way you've been living. To walk in the light in order for us to have fellowship with each other. So what's the outcome of all of this, right? And in other words, what's the biblical application, right? That if we call ourselves believers, we call ourselves children of the light, 
that the light is in us and we're not walking in darkness. In, in other words, we're walking away from darkness. Then one of the first signs that we see is our love towards one another. The love that we just pour out towards our brothers and sisters. And then the second thing is, is that we come to a place of saying, I am going to live a life of confession. Where I'm just going to bring to God anything that I have identified that gets in the way of my relationship with my Heavenly Father. Jesus would say in the Gospel of Matthew, right, as he is talking about anger, right, in his teaching, he would say, if you're offering a gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled with your brother, then come and offer your gift. Meaning that if you're seeking God, and the very thing you're seeking is forgiveness, then maybe the first thing you might have to do is take care of the thing that you have with your brother or sister first. And if you were to do that, God would meet you right where you are extending forgiveness. To live a life of confession. To live a life where nothing's going to hinder you from your relationship with your Heavenly Father so that as you walk in the light, the light becomes brighter and brighter and brighter and you don't have to hold your head down. You don't have to be ashamed of it. You can just stand in the presence and the confidence of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and say yes to him even though the world might be cursing you out. And in the midst of that, to love, to love. And we show that love by fellowship. To walk in the very love that our Lord and Savior poured out for each and every one of us. I'll end with this. Grace and mercy is only extended to sinners, right? So either you're on the camp of sinners where you would receive grace and mercy, but if you're in the other camp where you're okay, you don't get grace and mercy. So let us turn our hearts right now to our Lord and Savior. Would you pray with me? Lord, we are grateful. Grateful to this message that was delivered to us, a message that has not been altered, a message that reminds us that if we are in you and you are in us, that we walk in the very light that you provide. And Lord, I pray for each and every one of us. I, I pray that if there's anything that needs to be confessed, that we would confess it here and now. 
We don't need to do anything extraordinary to confess. We can confess right where we sit. Knowing that your blood is more than sufficient to cover each and every one of our sins, but we need to confess them. We need to bring them to you. So whether they are big or small, Lord, may we tell you the very things that hold us back. And as we receive this forgiveness, this freedom that you give us, Lord, I pray that we would be able to worship in spirit and in truth our God. The God who is spirit, the God who is light, the God who is love. Our God, our Lord and Savior Jesus. We pray all of this in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, would you rise as we worship our God? Thank you again for listening to today's sermon. For more resources and information about Goodwill Church, visit goodwillchurch.org. God bless.